to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast hyphenation I am your host Kellen Conley it's a rainy day in Morgantown rainy day in Morgantown and uh it's been a while since I did a solo pod because I've been finding excuses so my apologies and let's just leave it at that so before we get into into things someone was left off of the spider-verse pod and this episode is brought to you by get go coffee drink it up only drink it up because i get it for free so hey what it is hey what it is hey it is what it is there we go someone got left off the spider-verse pod and she was not happy about it (laughs) and for those of you um, who may recall just a few episodes ago I sat down with my wife Angel and Marcus showing Mad Love Robinson and Michael Lamarique to discuss Into the Spider-Verse a wonderful film that came out towards the end of last year it is now out everywhere digital DVD Blu-ray, VHS, you can get it and enjoy it on your own time. And I highly recommend that you do. Well, anyway, she heard that this person heard that uh, her mother was on the pod about Into the Spider-Verse. And she was highly disappointed that she didn't get to be on the Spider-Verse pod. She was asleep. (laughs) So... We're going to start this episode out with me sitting down with Aaliyah, my soon-to-be five-year-old. And I believe we were playing Play-Doh here. And we're just talking about Into the Spider-Verse and what she liked about it and different things. So that's how this episode will begin starting now. Okay, Aaliyah. So you've watched Spider-Verse a bunch of times now, right? Do you like Spider-Verse? Do you? Are you are you gonna talk into the microphone? About? Yeah. Can I hold the phone? No, we gotta leave it flat so that Um I love the new Spider-Man because it had lots of like like spider different Spider-Man and you could learn more about him. And I liked what about it because it was like kind of it had like something that, like some of the creatures were really like good and they played really good and I really liked it because it was so fun and it like was so amazing. Okay, well, what did you think of the original Spider-Man, the one who was in the beginning of the movie? I 
liked that. The blonde hair Spider-Man. The blonde haired one. But Miles was a better Spider-Man. He like made more like more royal and stuff. He made him more royal? Yeah. How do you make him more royal? Like when King Pin started talking on that bike phone, I was like, that is some more royal than ever. Um, he was telling it about his family when it um, really happened. He really had something more that he wanted to do, but he didn't know, but he wanted to bring back his family. Yeah, he wanted to save his family. And is that possible? You cannot save a family. Well, Miles' family was still alive, remember? Yeah. Yeah, he was in his he was in his dimension. What dimension did Miles say he was from? Do you remember? Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn. What did you think of? Were you um, were you surprised when Uncle Aaron was Prowler? I was like, oh my gosh, that is so not good. I was like, this is just the power. That the Prowler? The power. Prowler. Uh, no. Oh, this is the power. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is, I was like, the power was not that extreme. It was so, like, big. But Miles didn't know yet that the story of King Penn was alive. He showed, when he took that mask off, I was so surprised. I almost yelled. You yelled in, almost yelled in the movie theater? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so, like. <sighs> Were you sad when he, when he died? Yeah, I was like. <sighs> That's my face whenever he showed up like that. Did you like what, what, uh, um. Uncle Aaron told Miles before Miles had to run away. He said, "You're you're the best of all of us." Did you like that? Mm -hmm. But when I think of that, it always makes me cry. Makes me cry. It makes you cry. Yeah, I've seen you cry zero times during that part. But I know what you're trying to say. It just makes you really sad. Yeah, it just makes all of my like happiness sink down. And it makes me think of when Lana passed away. Oh, wow. That was really sad. Um, okay, what did you think of the other Peter Parker that came oh. and helped Miles, the one with the belly? He was, that was really big yeah. and fat. And why, do you remember why he was out of shape and why he was so sad? No. He was sad because him and Mary Jane... Um, he wasn't with Mary Jane anymore, and he missed her. And what, why is his body shape? <laughs> because he had been eating a lot of donuts. <laughs> but what did you think of him when he came and helped he Miles? He was, like, so out of my head. He was, like, so out. I was like, this is so amazing. I would love to watch it again. And... Again. We've watched it a bunch of times know, now. We watched it before he took it out. I just was like, this is amazing. I love it. It has so much to do in it. It, like, has the kin lots of, like, harmony and stuff that I love about it. What did you think of Miles' parents? Jefferson and his mom. 
His mom's name is Sabrina? Yeah. Okay. I must have missed that. Um, and Sabrina was a really good player. When she said, Jeff, he's upset. She said it in a kind voice. She didn't even yell in him, in his face. Well, that, that, that was really nice of her to be so kind about it, wasn't it? What about his dad? What did you think of? Um, Jeff was okay. He was okay. Jeff was okay. He's okay. Um, who did you like better? Did you like Aaron or did you like Jeff better? Aaron. You liked Aaron, but Uncle Aaron better. Mm-hmm. He had more like compassion. Her name is Rio Morales, not Sabrina. But that was a good guess. Um, okay. What did you think about Gwen Stacy? She was like off the line, off the line. I loved her. You did? What you what what did you love about her? She when Ella Miles had this hand shape, it was shaped in a when it got stuck to her head? Yeah, it got was shaped in his hands. Okay. So, so that you like that part where his hand got stuck to her yeah, hair? Yeah, and now his hand's like a monster. <laughs> well, he just had to get the hairs off of it. So, so what else did you like about Spider Gwen? Um, Spider Woman. She could do cool powers. She could turn invisible. She can lay on her feet up. She can, she can jump and run so high. I can't. I don't know what else I like about her. Well, who, who could turn invisible in the movie? Who had to, Miles. Miles, yeah. She couldn't turn invisible. I don't think she could in the movie. Um, okay, what did you think about Penny Parker and her robot? Well, she was, like, off the line, too. She was, like, she was, like, <laughs> and it was, like, good. Was it? Yeah. What about Spider-Man or the Spider-Man in the black suit? Did you like him? He's kind of funny. He's, he is funny, isn't he? Yeah. Because what, what's he say? He's like, why is it so windy in here? We're in a basement. And he goes, wherever I go, it's always windy. And it always smells like rain. <laughs> yeah. Rain doesn't even smell like anything. Uh, it does eventually. Can you help that? Yeah. And what else? Um, okay. What about Spider-Ham? Spider-Ham is like, he's like, ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, that is so, oh, <laughs> It's funny. Did he say, can can you float through the air when you smell a pie? When he they was asking Miles about his powers, and he floated through the air, you remember that? Like, and his legs like, like, woo, woo, woo. And we're like, oh, big Yeah. So what did you think of the kingpin? He was, he was like really tall, like this tall. He yeah. couldn't even I need fit. you to come over here where the microphone is. Keep talking. He couldn't even fit in our house. Uh, he'd have some trouble. He'd have trouble fitting in our door. What about Dr. Octopus? 
She had dark arc powers. She could grab doors and really fast and open them. Microphone's over here. Okay. She could grab doors and open them. Did you like oh, the Prowler as a bad guy, or did you only like Uncle Jeff? Only. I mean, Uncle Uncle Aaron. Only Uncle Aaron. You didn't like him when he was a Prowler. No. Did you think he was scary when he was chasing Miles? Yeah, he was like. Yeah, I thought there was a couple times he's gonna get him. What about when the first Spider-Man was fighting the Green Goblin? What did you think of that? He was okay. He was like. Can you say that in word form since could, this is audio? He could just do this. He could kick. Mm-hmm. He could run fast. He could punch the goblin. Spider-Man could punch the goblin? Yeah, he could. He could run up and on a chair and punch him in the face. Well, you should sit. Um... The Green Goblin is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, so it was nice for me to see him in there. Why? Because I, I like the Green Goblin, even though he um, ended up he ended up dying in the beginning of the movie, though. He died when the collider blew up, and it, it, the same thing I heard Spider-Man got the Goblin. Because remember, you see his arm sticking out from under the rubble. Mm-hmm. So, what's your favorite part of the Spider-Verse? Is like there's so so much to teach. Like the teacher does a math, and I don't really like that girl that has glasses. Oh, um, Doctor Octopus. No. No. The other girl, the brown-haired girl. Brown-haired girl. That did the teachers, and she said the only. Think your is white. Oh, you didn't like his teacher? Why didn't you like his teacher? His teacher was trying to help Miles. He's mean. No, she wasn't mean. She was telling him he wasn't applying himself. He was trying to quit. Because he wanted to go where? Go back to Buckland School. Yeah, he wanted to go back to his old middle school. So that's what the problem was. But it wasn't his teacher. So that's your favorite part, was the teaching? Well, what was your favorite part of the movie? When, like, Doc Ock went over to Miles he, and grabbed the, I mean, Peter Parker, and grabbed the old one with the fat belly mm-hmm. and twisted it and choked him on the neck. When they're in the lab, that was your favorite part? Yeah. When Peter Parker was getting choked? Yeah. Huh, okay. What's my favorite part of the movie? The thing, I don't know. Do you have a guess? Um, when Green Goblin voices Spider-Man. I do like Green Goblin, but here's my favorite parts of the movie. I like the beginning of the movie with him singing and then going to school. Because I think that's very funny. I like the part where Spider-Man first shows up and is fighting to save, save everyone, even though he dies. One of my favorite parts is when the news is reporting. Are you listening to me? When the news is reporting when Spider-Man's dead and they play that song, the I'm Not Scared of the Dark, and then Mary Jane and Aunt May are talking. I've really loved that part. I think that's really cool. Let me sing the song. Okay, sing it. Not too loud, though. Mommy's still resting. Are they singing again? It's like, I'm not scared. 
No, not. And the dog. Oh, you want to sing the, the other song? Yeah. Needless to say, I keep. Keep She was a bad, bad, nevertheless. Come the quiz now, baby, away. Catch on my place, baby, away. Is this said? Keep a check. She was a bad, bad, nevertheless. Come the quiz now, baby, away. Catch on my place, baby, away. Mm. Ooh, some TV on the flues. I'm gonna wild like the clues. I'm not trying to lose. You left in the dust. dust. It's the fire. You're it's a flower. It's a flower. Okay. And then my other favorite part is when Miles learns finally how to use his powers. That's my other favorite part. So one more question and we're gonna turn it off, okay? What? I have a few more questions. You have a few more questions? Yeah. You have questions for me about Spider-Verse? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, um, what was your like most favorite, favorite, favorite part? I just told you. They're like really favorite. Probably when Miles finally learns to use his powers and he gets his costume. That's one of my favorite parts. Okay. Do you have another question? I have a few more questions. I love this movie because it is so, like, kind and nice. But Prowler broke my heart. Prowler broke your heart? Yeah. Because he was a bad guy? There's all different many colors in the movie that I love about it. But he did save Miles. He didn't, he didn't hurt him. Save Miles, but the worst part about the movie is King Pen kills him. Kills Spider-Man? Yeah, I was I was kind of sad about that too. There's pink colors, blue colors, purple colors. I think you're talking about Play-Doh now, not Spider-Verse. And yeah, in the um, in the movie, there's different colors. That is true. Do you have but any other questions? I have tons more. Well, let's go with one more, and then I'll ask you. No, three more. Well, let's hear the questions. Well, everybody knows that Spider-Man is the most wonderful superhero in the whole entire world. Well, yeah, I agree with that. And everybody knows that this is the best Spider-Man. You think it's the best Spider-Man ever? Yeah, I love the movie. You've only seen one Spider-Man movie, though, so you it's the only one you've seen. You've never seen any of the other ones. Maybe you catch on my place. Let me learn you another song. Well, this is the song of two Spider-Mans that I saw. Left in the dust, dark. You should have. I don't. I I don't know how to say it. I'm left in the dark. Well, I don't. It's I don't know it very well either. I only know that one part. Um, Sing it. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so, would you recommend Spider Verse to anyone? If somebody said, I don't know if I want to watch Spider Verse, would you tell them they should watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let me, I, I still have a few more questions. Why would you ask, t tell them that you want to watch the I still movie? I have a few more questions. Okay, well, why would you tell them to watch the movie first? It's so good. Are you excited for other Spider-Man movies come out? Yeah, I'm excited for that. Like another Miles movie and Spider-Woman movie? Mm -hmm. 
listens to my podcast yes <laughs> so ask me a few more questions and then I'm going to turn it off well um, no um, well the microphone here. the microphone's listening to you right now well there's a bunch of other people that love Spider-Man and there's so many different colors in the movie that I love that my favorite colors and I exactly just Dance it out. <laughs> You're dancing it out? It like sings the song and the whole entire world. Just, and there is five golden, I love golden things in the movie. I thought you were going to ask me questions about the movie. You said you had more questions. Um, what was your favorite part that when King Pin? My favorite part with Kingpin? Yeah. My favorite part with Kingpin would have to be the very beginning when he shows up because it shows that Kingpin is a very strong character and someone not to be played around with. Any other questions? Yes. Okay. What was your favorite part about the movie that showed every Spider-Man that you love? Probably the part where they're all fighting t- uh, to uh, go home and stuff and all of that. That's an awesome part. I love that part. You love that part? So, what else did you like about the movie? I like, I like I like the humor in it. The humor? The sense of humor? Yes. That's a great, great one. Thank you. I love that. And, um, Daddy, what was your favorite, favorite part? My favorite part was the montage. Now, what was your favorite, <laughs> favorite, um, the left light was that, um, what, which time did you like him saying, I love you, Dad? The, the dad. I like both parts because the very first time he was embarrassing him on the way to school and then when he was Spider-Man, he was like, he told him I love you. And, of course, Jefferson doesn't know that Miles is Spider-Man, but I thought it was a really cute nod, like a cute little callback to the, to the beginning of the movie, is what I thought. Um, like, I love that whenever he was embarrassing Miles. I like when, that when he first walked in, like, what, like, and he met Glenn Stacy a yeah. few days later. What did you, um, like, did you like Miles' shoes? Glenn Stacy was, like, and I was like, she walks like that. Did um, you like Miles' shoes that he had on? Yeah. Those Jordan ones? Yeah. Those Michael Jordan shoes? Well, he has those on. Yeah, that's what he's wearing. He's wearing Jordan ones. Isn't that cool? Yeah, but I have a few more questions. How many times did you like that any Spider-Man saved someone? How many times did I like it when he saved someone? Which one? Which Spider-Man, which set Spider-Man did you like when they saved someone? Which Spider-Man? Uh, I'm going to go with Miles. Miles? Good job. Now, a second Spider-Man. What did you like about Gwen Stacy the most? I liked how independent she was and how uh, 
she commanded attention when she was on the screen from Miles and from Peter Parker. Oh, good. I really wanted to do this podcast downstairs. Well, we did it upstairs. Okay, so let's see. I have a few more questions. (laughs) What? Go ahead. Um, I love the movie was so compassionate. The movie was independent. It was so fun about it. The best part about it was that it got a lot of the friends and stuff. Yeah. And wait, and thank you all of you guys today listening to our podcast. Goodbye. Can you and to, to, that, to the world's greatest podcast? This is the world's greatest podcast. Hyphenation. Hyphenation. Barack Obama approved. Barack Obama approved. And I'm so excited to do the next podcast with you guys. See you. And what's your name? Don't be you, Aaliyah. <laughs> Let's go. Kellen Conley. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now that you heard that and heard Aaliyah's opinions on Into the Spider-Verse, you really have no reason at all not to watch this movie. So as my friends Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson once said on Better in the Dark, go see that movie. You'll enjoy it. So, I got some topics. But uh, just to catch up, man, March is almost over. Thank God. I don't like March. I don't, I've never been a big March fan. But I, I am very happy that Mar- March is coming to an end. April will soon be here. Aaliyah's birthday's next month. Me and Angel's 16th dating anniversary is next month. Uh, Brooklyn's birthday. You may recall he's the one that bit me inside the poop in Aaliyah's room when I was trying to do things in her room when we first moved into our new house way back in the early episodes. I believe that's within the first 10 episodes where he bit me on my thumb like the little asshole he is. Uh, He's going to be... He's going to be 13. 13-year-old Chihuahua. Still a pain in my ass after all these years. But I love him despite what popular opinion says. We have a special relationship. He knows that I will protect him, but I'm also the one who will discipline his ass. So, it's a thin line. It's a thin line. Um, Been writing some more. Hopefully you've been checking that out on um, hyphenuniverse.com different kind of topics i got a new piece that i'm working on that i hope to have up um hopefully today it might be a few more days though depending on how things go uh what else is new haven't watched any college basketball i i i'm so out on sports man i'm hoping (laughs) i'm hoping that once the nba playoffs fire up that i'll i'll start watching some games because i've just been so since football ended I've just been so outside the box with everything. Uh, I 100%ed Spider-Man PS4. I don't know if I mentioned that before. I beat the first two DLCs. I'm working on the last DLC. Still a lot of fun. Started a new game plus. So that's happened. Wrote some ROMs. 
and I'm gonna leave it there just want to let y'all know that for those of you who's interested in that part of my life um there was a teacher strike has it been that long yeah there was another teacher strike this one lasted three days I believe in West Virginia and it was resolved amicably once they killed that bill that uh, would brought charter schools and taking money away from public schools to fund charter schools. So the bill did get killed. The teacher pay raise has not happened though. So we'll see what happens with all of that down the road. I, don't, I think they might be they might be done uh, for the they might they may the. West Virginia government might be out of session right now. So the teachers weren't too pressed about the raise though. That they would like to get a raise obviously because they're severely underpaid, but and for those of you who don't know, uh more um my wife is a teacher at uh, South Middle School. And <clears throat> so they hope to get a pay raise, but they really just want to make sure all that other extra stuff that was added in the original bill that got killed finally did not go through. So teachers are happy. I actually got a message the other day from a gentleman named Zach Lawson. He hit up the hyphen podcast group page um, and was like, what up, though? And I was like, what up, though? No, that's not what happened at all. Uh, <laughs> oh, Zach Lawson. Zach Harold. I'm sorry, Zach. I don't know where Zach Lawson came from. Zach Harold hit me up from a publication here in Morgantown. It's called West Virginia Living. They put out like three different magazines. In fact, I might be able to see it. Let's see. There's West Virginia Magazine, West Virginia Living Magazine. Um, but the main thing was he hit, he up the hyphen podcast group page and he was like, um, I'd like to interview somebody about hyphen podcast group. Who can I talk to? And then I was like, me, me, me. So, uh, I actually got an interview for Morgantown magazine and I, barring any kind of editorial decision to not run the story for some reason, I will be featured in an upcoming issue of Morgantown Magazine. And not just me, the stories about Hyphen Podcast Group as a whole. So all the great shows that is located on hyphenpodcastgroup.com is gonna get a little bit of light. And Zach called me on a Saturday morning. We chopped it up for about eh, about 45 minutes or so, maybe maybe a little less. Had a great conversation, it was good talking to Zach. And then he had a few follow-up questions for me the other day. I sent him awful pictures <laughs> of me podcasting. My hair is not cut. My beard's a little long. But, hey, it is what it is. This is hype every day. No compromise. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited about that. So thank you, Zach, and thank you, uh, Morgantown Magazine, for reaching out and doing that. I'm a... Uh, Again, really, really pumped to see what happens with that. Uh, what else has happened? Oh, there's a new podcast on the network. It's called a podcast called Fresh. For those of you who have listened to iBlackMan podcast, then uh, surely, surely you have the good sense to actually 
uh, do that thing where you listen to the black the to, uh, the I Black Man podcast. Hopefully you've checked out my man Miles Amadeus Prower and his work. He had this idea a few months ago, shortly after he came into the fold, where he wanted to do um, a, 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 a a blurred style podcast. And for those of you not to know, blurred is black nerd, obviously. And we talk about comics and movies and TV and all kinds of different things. And we threw around ideas for a while. And I actually had wanted to launch this pod last month, but it just didn't happen. And finally, I just knuckled down. I was like, all right, all right, Maps. I read Next Wave, which is a great comic from 2005 um, about Warren Ellis and Stuart Imanen. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I read it. We sat down and talked about it. We did some uh, casting for the roles, if there ever was a Next Wave movie, and then talked about a whole bunch of other topics. That's available right now on hyphenpodcastgroup.com. If you're on the iBlackMan podcast feed, it actually just hit his feed as well. Uh, so you can listen to it there. I'm going to put it on Hyphen Universe so that everybody can check it out there. It's It was a lot of fun. We have more to come. But I'm glad that we got that underway. So welcome to a podcast called Fresh, the Hyphen Podcast Group. Woo! Yeah! Clap it up. Um, in other podcast news, Marcus showing mad love. Robinson, my semi-regular co-host who was just with me on that ride that was... Leaving Neverland, uh, he joined uh, EG over on Catch the Show because we can't call him Ghost Dog anymore. I don't care. I'm gonna call him Ghost Dog if I want. Or the catcher of shows is his Instagram and his Twitter hand handles. They sat down and chopped up um, the 2003 Six Mafia album. When the smoke clears, three no sixty one sixty three. I hope I got that right. Uh, they sat down and talked about that. And I've been checking out that pod because I try to stay up on what everybody's doing. And I have been I was pleasantly surprised, man. And it actually made me want to 6661. I think I said 6163. When it's clear, 6661 review feature Marcus Robinson. So they sat down and chopped it up. And it's a longing. But if you listen to this podcast, and you are used to that, especially if Marcus is involved. So they chopped up a bunch of uh, about uh, Three Six Mafia and reviewed the album and talked about a lot of cool things. So I highly recommend that one. Uh, and other podcast news, I believe, coming later this week in honor of St. Aaron's Day. That is Handsome Bane's late brother, Aaron. Uh, there will be a Transformers the movie 1986 episode of Isla Pal coming. I'm hella excited and I'm mad I can't be on it. Uh, I might do a little something something for it though. Just start it together, you know. One time for the people. Um, so that's coming. There's a new episode of Browns in Our Blood, which was recorded. Uh, me and Anthony did it about the Odell Beckham trade. I don't know how far along editing he is. Hopefully he'll get back to me soon. Uh, but yeah, there is an episode of Browns and Our Blood out there. Uh, Lane is currently uh, retooling Lemon on the Edge. Um, he was, he did it with his friend uh, Wayne Thomas, and the audio was all messed up, so we had to trash that episode. But uh, they have not done anything since. But more sports pods are coming. 
um, especially with everything kind of ramping up all at once with college basketball and the March Madness and uh, of course NBA playoffs are coming NHL playoffs are coming for those of you interested in that and then baseball is not that far away I think opening day is a mere couple days away I don't even know so good time to be a sports fan not that I mean if you're a sports fan I guess there's not any time that it's not going to be a sports fan unless you're just like one sport or something weird like that I don't know uh what else is there anything else going on with the group with the team no I don't think so <laughs> so, that, so that's where we're at man and all of those shows can be found on Hyphen Podcast Group, a Morgantown-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. Yeah, that's our motto. That's what we try to do. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by the marcrob.wordpress.com. Mark Rob, that is Marcus Robinson's blog. He has returned. He's been writing some thoughtful pieces. He just wrote a nice piece about the passing of Megan The Stallion's mother. If you don't know who that is, she's an up-and-coming rapper. And her mom, unfortunately, passed away. And Marcus wrote a little piece about accepting loss and dealing with death, and especially from the outside in. So check that out. He also has some other cool things he's written over the past few months. And this episode's also brought to you unofficially by Radio Public. I love Radio Public. It's the only podcast app that I use. Okay, that's a lie. <laughs> it's my main podcast app that I use. That, that's my main go-to. Uh, the cool thing about Radio Public is if you're an Android user, um, a lot of times you get iTunes links with stuff. I know we're broadening our horizons and Google Podcast is now kind of coming to the forefront where you're able to listen to episodes um, on Google Podcasts just by searching a pod. Like, let, let's try this out. Let's do Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast. Let's do that. I'm going to throw a podcast in there just so I don't get anything weird. And, yeah, here we go. So it has my Hyphen Nation by Hyphen Podcast Group on Apple Podcast link. So if I click that, it will open up in Radio Public. And then, ta-da, it's right there, and I can start playing it right from Radio Public. That's the coolest feature for me. But Google Podcasts, now that it's turned to the Google Podcast app, now has recent episodes right underneath of that. If I hit play on that, um, just like that, Google Podcasts opens up, even if I don't oh, have the app. Marcus Robinson, and it starts playing, so excuse the sound. I should have unplugged it. So there's that for you Google Podcast fans. But I'm a Radio Public kid. And I continue to enjoy it. They just did an awesome update to the app. It is now more, I thought it was pretty user-friendly before. It's, it's more visually appealing is what it is now. So I'm excited about that. And I highly suggest that you check out Radio Public today. Now, I say all that to say this, ladies and gentlemen. First topic. So, there, there's a gentleman that's been in the news by the name of Robert Kelly. And I could sit here and rehash everything going on with him, but honestly, I don't care. I've officially canceled R. Kelly from my life, as difficult as that's been. 
And sidebar, canceling Michael Jackson is way harder because we listen to 92.1 Morgan at work and there's a Michael Jackson song on pretty consistently on there. And now I'm like, man, I love this song. But he was an awful human being. <laughs> so still dealing with that fallout. But I bring up R. Kelly because I don't think I talked about this on the show. And so stop me if I have, like you actually could. But a few months back, it was actually Halloween. It was in October. And me and Angel and a couple other friends of ours, we went to this dance that was held at, uh, I'm going to see if I can't find the name of the place. Because I know I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, we went to this dance. It was at... Okay, that was Trunk or Treat. Chick-fil-A, Trunk or Treat. I'm not sure. We went to this dance. Is it Knights of Columbus? It could be Knights of Columbus. Um, That doesn't sound right, though. There's this place in Star City. It's, it's a, like a little... has a nice little open dining area has room for a dance floor um and it, i cannot think think of what it's actually called because it wasn't the day of halloween um let's try the saturday before no man well good story anyway we went to this halloween dance and there was uh three other couples with us and the cool thing is you pay your ticket. Tickets like, I, I don't know how much tickets are, but the cool thing is you you pay your tickets. Uh, you get to go in. They, they provide dinner that night. They have all kinds of baskets that you can uh, put tickets in uh, to try to win. They have 50-50. They have a DJ. They set up a little dance floor. But the coolest part is open bar. Because you paid your ticket. So, we all go have a good time. One of the couples had to leave early. Uh, one of uh, the husband wasn't feeling good. All good. So, we're just down to three of us. Three couples. And we're out there dancing and partying. And I'm drinking. And um, and a I believe that we were still keto at this point. So, Angel didn't drink too much. We had actually went to this party two years prior. And we all drank way too much. And it wasn't good for any of us. So we tried to pace ourselves this time. Well, Angel paced herself. I was having fun with my homies, Jonathan and Gary. So I was just drinking casually. Now, unlike last time, I did drink a lot. But I also didn't go over that line of being where I was like sick, wanting to pass out. You know, sloppy. I was right there in that sweet spot of being in the proper amount of drunk as Heather calls it and just having a great time I've been on the dance floor most of the night Angel been off in, on the dance floor and off the dance floor and you know going around doing different things and so Ignition comes on by our one Robert Kelly And I had finally made the decision. This is before surviving R. Kelly. And this is before his recent arrest. I had recently made the decision that R. Kelly no more. 
I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not as much great music as he has made. I cannot, I cannot as a responsible parent of a four-year-old girl be that dude who wants to listen to R. Kelly while trying to raise a young woman. So, I, I, I was just like, no, I'm not, not, not doing it. I had to, I've been listening to uh, Jay-Z's discography again, and I got, I was listening to Dynasty album, and of course, Guilty Until Innocent came on, uh, which features R. Kelly, and as good as that song is, and as catchy as that hook is, I had to force myself not to enjoy it during the R. Kelly parts, you know? Obviously, it's a a Jay song, but still, you want to make sure that you're, uh, adhering to your code that you're that you're saying you have like yeah no we don't want our Kelly so ignition comes on and Alma Earth Angel's already on the dance floor if Angel came out for ignition but she comes out and she's like oh let's dance I'm like no <laughs> so I start walking off the dance floor and then she's like Like, what do you mean, no, blah, blah, blah. This song's from when we were in college. We, like, we used to dance this song all the time. And I was like, no. Like, I'm not, I'm not dancing an R. Kelly song. I, I don't support R. Kelly. And I, I just don't want to dance an R. Kelly song anymore. I was drunk. But I, I knew what I was saying. And she's like, oh, well, come on, come on, let's just go dance. It's no big deal. It's just a song. song I mean usually I don't do this but uh I mean come on Ignition is a great song just like so many other songs in Robert Kelly's catalog but I'm I'm trying to be a better person I'm trying to stand for what I believe in so I was like no she got mad at me (laughs) I can't believe you won't do that. Like, well, it's just a song, and you're making a big deal out of it. I, I think at one point I was even like, how can you want to dance to this when we have a, a four-year-old daughter and the things that he's done to women over the years and all of this? She just wasn't having it. She just wanted to dance to ignition. That was her main goal. And uh, I wasn't having it. So, she was unhappy with me for a little bit. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that kind of derailed our night. I mean, it was already late by then. I mean, we had to get back to the house. Uh, I mean, Aaliyah was in bed and everything, but still, it, it kind of ruined the whole vibe of the night and everything. And I take full blame for that. I do. I didn't expect going in that there would be a moment where an R. Kelly song would come on and I would leave the day not want to dance with to it and and then it caused an issue so I take full blame but I, I mean this is the kind of culture that we we live in right now with the whole can, cancel culture because I mean what's going to happen <laughs> I mean Marcus brought this up a little bit on the last episode like what's gonna happen when Mike comes on at a, bar- a barbecue like are you 
going to force yourself not to enjoy it I mean you just more so more or less have to ignore it and there's going to be a time when Thriller comes on and I'm going to be at and I will be dancing I'm like oh my god like I, I can't I can't with this dude And I'm going to have to figure out a way how to circumvent that. So I'm going to have to like give her a heads up whenever her could be dancing. I'm like, hey, first R. Kelly or Michael Jackson song, I'm not dancing to it. Just, just FYI. Mom, and, and she's probably like, well, that, that's, that's da, 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 da. like, I, I know, but I don't know. And I'm not trying to say anything about her not being res- musically responsible because like we've said so many times on this show, some people are able to separate that away from the normal uh, stuff that they do, you know? Uh, like, they can separate the music away from the person. And good for them. But, I don't know. I've I've wanted to watch Louie for years, and I think I brought this up way back on Daughters, Dads, and Disney. But I'm not watching Louis anytime soon. I'm not supporting Louis C.K. So it, it's it's a it's a, such a thin line. It, it sucks. It sucks. Because on the one hand, you want to be I want to I would love absolutely love to be able to go back and listen to some of those R, old R. Kelly albums. I want to go back and listen to 12 Play and R and the self-titled R. Kelly and Chocolate Factory and TP2, <laughs> the most extra title ever, TP, what was it, TP-2.com, <laughs> I think was the name of the album, which was 12 Play 2, TP2000, something like that, that's when he had the fur and the white, the white beanie on with the glasses on the cover the most 2000s album ever now now I gotta see it for myself so let's see TP2 not W2 R let's see yeah it it was TP-2.com was the official title of the album and do remember (laughs) do remember that there was a third TP2, a third 12 play. Just in case y'all weren't familiar, Robert Sylvester Kelly. Oh, have a, uh, here, career information from playing his basketball career in the USBL. Played from 97 99, he was a shooting guard, small forward. And apparently, he was a three time USBL champion. Thank you, Wikipedia. Anyway. Yes, there was a TP3 Reloaded in 2005. TP.3 Reloaded. <laughs> Man, this guy's released a lot of albums. Let's see. 12 Play was 93, and that's that's forgetting R. Kelly in Public Announcement, which is his first album that came out. Uh, and, and just for, let's see, just for, make sure we cover all that. Yeah, Born Into the 90s was uh, released 92 credits R. Kelly in Public Announcement. And in public announcement left, 
or and he broke a public announcement. And the only thing public announcement ever did was yippee yay yay yippee yay yay, gonna rock your body, baby. And that was it for them. So there's 12Play93, R. Kelly95, R98, TP-2.com2000, Chocolate Factory 2003, which was originally supposed to be called. Um, oh, what was that album supposed to be called? Oh, let's let's get our. Now we're falling into our Kelly hole here. Um, let's see. Background. Oh. See, I'm trying to give y'all gems, and I, I gotta Google them. I feel like E.G. when he was talking about trying to remember stuff. Let's see. Because he was supposed to come back out with. I had no idea Car Kelly played basketball. Best of Both Worlds was 2002. And that's when everything kind of came out. Started coming out. Chocolate Factory. Anyway, fine. Don't tell me. I don't care. Anyway. Chocolate Factory came out in 2003. And then there was... Happy People Slash You Save Me, which was the the stepping album. Happy People! Yeah! 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 And then, of course, there's the Maps and Handsome Bane version. Raping people. I, would, I was going to sing it, but it's messed up. <laughs> but we were young and dumb back then. It was probably hilarious in 2004. And then You Save Me, which was the gospel album there, quotes. TP.3 Reload in 2005. Double Up. In 2000, which has the song that probably pops in my head the most lately, I'm a flirt. Damn you, R. Kelly. Untitled. Uh, I barely remember that one. Love Letter, Write Me Back, which were both supposed to be those throwback albums he did. Black Panties was his return to normal music, or more R&B music, I guess. Uh, and then the buffet was in 2015, which I never listened to. Black Panties buffet. Yeah, last album I listened to was definitely Untitled in 2009. Oh, we're born into the 90s was right there. So I just wasted y'all's time. Oh, and he did 12 Nights of Christmas in 2016. So anyway, <laughs> I would like to go back and listen to that shit, but I'm not going to. Say, same same way that I have yet to revisit a con uh, Amari album since the whole uh, slavery was a choice stuff, man. Like... We, we all make choices, and my, my choice in this situation is to, uh, my choice in this situation is just go ahead and not support these artists. And I made a choice to dance that night, and Angel didn't like that choice, but, uh, I mean, you, you gotta take a stand somewhere, even if it's a little stand, so... And then one day I can look at a layup like, me and your mom were at a dance one time, right? And she wanted to dance to R. Kelly. And she went like, R. Kelly, he's a horrible person. I'm like, I know, right? Because she's going to be of age and have discovered what R. Kelly has done. And hopefully R. Kelly be rotting in prison by then. And I'm like, I know, right? And your mom wanted to dance to an R. Kelly song. And I, I said no. Uh, because I, I was trying, because I just didn't want to support his music anymore. And your mom got mad at me. She's like, how could you do that, mom? That's so rude. How could you do that? I'm like, yep, I was right. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. It's probably would be like, you should have just danced with mom. I'm like, yeah, I probably should have just danced with mom. 
before we get into the next topic. Since everybody, okay, not everybody, since I've had some complaints about the way that I bring in the drops for the other shows, I will now go to break. Hey, yo, what up? Miles Amadeus Prowl here, host of the I Black Man podcast, member of the Hyphen Podcast Network, and now host of a podcast called Fresh. Now, a simple man. I like subs to dubs, manga to anime. Now, the way I feel is, doesn't matter what the press says, doesn't matter what the politician, hell, even the feminists say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something is whack is dope. This podcast was founded on one principle above all, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe in, no matter the consequences or the odds. When the internet, when the press and the whole world tells you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree between the rivers of continuity and canon, look them square in the face and you tell them, no, you move. Podcast called Fresh, Coming to you guys, Hype Podcast Network. Check it out. Coming soon. Next topic. The Black Panther backlash. Now, I will admit I wrote this these topics a while ago. A while ago. Uh, I, I've been lazy. Real lazy. Uh, but these are still relevant topics I want to talk about here. So... When I wrote, I probably wrote this down uh, January, February. But I, I noticed it for sure when we did, uh, when we were talking about Into the Spider Verse, and then when we finally covered Infinity War on the pod. And I hear a little dissension in the ranks from my esteemed colleagues about Black Panther. Now, Black Panther came out in February of last year. Absolutely loved it. Me and Marcus did a pod on it. When it hit digital and video, I loved it then. Black Panther is an amazing film. It got nominated for Best Picture, which I feel like was well-deserved. I wish they would have nominated at least Michael B. Jordan for Best Supporting Actor for Killmonger. That didn't happen, though. No noms for uh, for any individual actors, but it did get a Best Picture nod at the Oscars, which is crazy for a Marvel movie. But then, as the Oscars were rolling up, there was a lot of chatter about how Black Panther didn't didn't see didn't deserve to be in the best picture conversation or how black panther there were suddenly flaws in black panther that weren't there for the first let's say 6 to 8 months of his of his of its the the of the first 6 to 8 months of its existence which is crazy to me I've watched Black Panther multiple times. I just was watching it the other day with Aaliyah. I was trying to expose her to it a little bit. She said she liked it. I don't... She It, it wasn't Spider-Verse to her. But she was enjoying it for what it was. And I think she'll get it as she gets older. And still, the amount of 
pride that I see that I have getting to see a black superhero story told so well is absolutely incredible watching this movie does Black Panther have flaws Sh sure I mean I, I guess <laughs> I'm not going to be the person to point him out though like I don't know, maybe the movie could have used more claw. Maybe. No, no, I can't even do it. I can't do it myself. I'm so... It's like trying to find Jay-Z's worst song, which I could do, honestly. But it, it's just, I'm too close to the product to be upset about this, that, and the third when it comes to Black Panther. But I believe there are some takes from... Maybe from Maps, maybe from Lamarique, maybe even Marcus said a few things. Just about these things that were wrong with Black Panther. And maybe it's because we were a year removed from it at that point. And we had seen Infinity War and Ant-Man and Wasp, even though I don't see how that would have anything to do with your opinion on Black Panther. And we were gearing up for Captain Marvel. Well, at least some of us were. And I, I, I like is that what we're designed to kind of do eventually like tear things down even as much as we love it are we do we have to find flaws with stuff or did it did it, or was it because it just became so critically acclaimed and universally loved that people started as I said started backlashing against it lashing out like some people were saying that stuff about Killmonger um, I, I don't know that Michael B. Jordan's performance wasn't that great uh, some said that Chadwick Boseman didn't have enough to oh um, here's one that comes to mind Lamarick said something about it not showing enough of the political side of Wakanda and, and that there was not enough of T'Challa being the king. And there was more... It was obviously about Black Panther. Uh, I, I can see that. As someone who's not a devout comic Black Panther fan. Who really needs to get his Black Panther read game up. I could see that. But at the same time, the movie is a transitioning era for Wakanda itself. I mean, T'Chaka just died a week before in Civil War. Uh, T'Challa um, comes back to be uh, Crown King. Faces off against... Uh, man, I should be kicked in my teeth. The guy from Us. <laughs> man, see, this, is a lot, this time last year would have been right there on... I've been able to name it. Uh, where's my guy? That's Wakabi. Mbaku faces off against Mbaku. Winston Duke, who's in Us, that's in theaters right now. Another unofficial sponsor of Hyphen Nation. Uh, of course, he beats Mbaku, and then he becomes king. But then Claw shows up, so he goes to capture Claw, dead or alive, and he fails. 
And then Wakabi looks at him with sadness. <laughs> and then from there, Killmonger kills Claw. Spoilers, we've already been down this road before. Killmonger shows up with Wakanda. He is Wakanda, and he challenges for the throne. He defeats T'Challa, so on and so forth. And it's about T'Challa coming back from literal almost death to reclaim the throne back from Killmonger. So, there wasn't a whole lot of room for political stuff. And they even did do the part at the end where he opened up Wakanda to the world, so to speak. That we're Wakanda and we're here and we're, we're, we, want to, we want to help, essentially. Which is one of my favorite parts of the movies. Of the movie. And, and again, I could be misreading it. But and it's it's calmed down since. I haven't heard as much slander. But I definitely felt that people were not feeling Black Panther as much in January and February, ramping up to award season. Now if by some miracle Black Panther won Best Picture, like the world would have lost their damn minds. Easily, because it's like then it, then it would have been on, for sure. I mean, of course that didn't happen. Um, and you know the the other nominees of the of the thing. Green Book, yes, Green Book won Best Picture. Much to a lot of people's surprise, I heard a lot of uh, people weren't happy with that. That Green Book went on to win Best Picture. I haven't seen Green Book. Uh, it's it's not on my radar. But I mean, look 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 at the competition that Black Panther had to face here. Bohemian Rhapsody, which I've heard from critics that it was overrated. Obviously, Rami Malek won uh, Best Actor. Then there was Green Book, which won. And of course, Mersha Ali... Oh man, I messed it up. Mersha Ali won Best Supporting Actor. Very well deserved. He's a great actor. Plus, he was amazing in Spider-Verse as uh, Miles' dad. Fun fact you didn't know. Vice. I thought Vice was going to win everything. I thought Bale was going to come through and just win all kinds of stuff. And they got best makeup and hairstyling. Uh, I heard Vice was good. Uh, but apparently not Oscar good. Black Klansman. Which I have not seen. Marcus has seen it. Marcus highly recommends it. I can tell you that right now. Uh, they did win Best Adapted Screenplay with Spike Lee's first Oscar. That was a great moment. That would have been... That was a sleeper to win, but no one really thought so. My pick would have been, and honestly, out of black, I've only seen two of these movies on the list, but I saw A Star is Born, and I saw Black Panther. And I would have given Star is Born everything. <laughs> 
Best Actor, Best Actress. I would have given Dice Clay a Supporting Actor nod. Uh, nom. I would give it a Best Picture, uh, Best Sound, or Best Original Song. I would have given it everything. I love, I love, love, love A Star is Born. I suggest that you go watch the um, Everything Wrong with A Star is Born video on YouTube, though, from Cinema Sins, though. Hilarious. They nail a lot of stuff that um, that is wrong with the movie. Great, uh, great YouTube channel, too. Uh, the favorite, obviously, they got one win for Best Actress for Olivia Coleman. Uh, that was a touching moment. Uh, and then Roma, which came from Netflix, and they did get Best Director, Best Foreign Language Film, Best Cinematography. But apparently there's some kind of thing saying Netflix shouldn't be winning Best Picture. Of course, I'm taking a lot of this from um, the Ringer podcast uh, that I listened to um, that covered all the Oscars. I don't know if it was uh, the big picture. I think it is the big picture. I think that's the one that covers the uh, movie and stuff. And, and then Black Panther. Now, mind you, Black Panther won three Oscars. Best Original Score, Best Costume Design, and Best Production Design, which is crazy and it was the first, I believe, the first stuff in Marvel 1 that wasn't, like... I think they might have won stuff for visual stuff before. Um, but but it was it was crazy. But here, let me just read you this little thing from thethrillist.com about what they thought about Black Panther. Black Panther Oscar buzz began before it was officially released in theaters. Many critics calling it the first Marvel movie that could become a major awards contender. Correct. It's not just a great superhero movie. It's a great movie, period. Correct. Not to mention the riskiest and most ambitious Marvel Studios has ever gotten. Nearly all black cast, the utopian promise of Wakanda, and the fascinating thorny moral dilemma at the heart of its script immediately put Black Panther on another level from superhero movies we'd seen in the past. Watching Chadwick Boseman don his superhero suit alongside the tough warrior women of the Dora Ma... Maje finally felt like watching a film that had been made with a distinct consciousness of the context of the real world we live in. Black Panther is fun, complicated, and exhilarating to watch. and would have been a more than worthy Best Picture winner. So, uh, honestly, Thrillist.com thinks Black Panther should have won Best Picture. So, I, I might have picked the wrong thing. I thought they were going to trash it. So, so, I don't know why I felt that way. Why I felt like there was going to be... Uh, why people were suddenly down on Black Panther. It, it, it just felt like... And it was probably with the whole the whole thing with award season. With other movies getting more notoriety. And then critics trying to figure out what was going to happen on Oscar night. It was a, it was a tough, tough spot to be in, I guess. Obviously, Green Book won. Obviously, Green Book shouldn't have won, from what I heard. Like I said, I don't plan on watching it. Like, I'll check out Mahershala Ali... Uh, I gotta watch True Detective uh, season three too. But but yeah, man, like I don't know. Wakanda forever. Every time I'm in Walmart and I see a camera on me, like either when you walk in the door and you're in the makeup aisle, or certain aisles just have the cameras in the middle. Throw I throw up my Wakanda forever, man. Right arm over left. I, I'm just saying. I'm I'm still. Dreaming of Wakanda. And it makes me sad that uh, people felt the need to, get, to tear it down a little bit. But I, I I, think that just might just be from just people finding things to complain about. They, they got to tear down something sometimes. And I guess it was Black Panther's turn. Next topic. 
So, I told y'all these were dated, but it's still relevant to talk about. Tom Brady won his sixth Super Bowl title, which is insane. Um, that, that happened in February. I mean, it's the end of March now. And, you know, I've been a Tom Brady hater for a very, 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 very long time very long time and I've never wanted to give him his props in any way shape or form at all but god I I might have to actually ugh actually do it now I, I guess because I mean the, the man has six NFL championships essentially and it's wild to think about <laughs> but he's been to nine Super Bowls like who does that like seriously let, let, let's look at the list like he's number one Officially with six. He was tied before Charles Haley, who had five between the uh, 49ers and the and the Cowboys, the Browns. Um, I mean, the next closest is like Jesse uh, Sapalu and then uh, Lynn Swan won four the Steelers and a bunch of Steelers won four. Mean Joe had four. Um, Bradshaw won four, of course. Ted Hendricks of the Colts and the Raiders won four. But six in this day and age is wild. Nine Super Bowls. He didn't become the starter, just for those who are watching at home, he didn't become the starter until 2001. He sat his whole first year, and if it hadn't been for a freak Drew Bledsoe accident, injury obviously, he would have never gotten the starting job. He kept the starting job, and then Drew Bledsoe came back to make sure he made it to the Super Bowl after they robbed the Raiders in the tough game in 2001. But Brady's been to the Super Bowl in for the 2001 season, the 2003 season, the 2004 season, 2007 season, the 2000 and this where it starts to get sketch. Uh, 11 season and then what was it 14, 16, 19. That's way too many. <laughs> That's just me off the top of my head. He's been in the Super Bowl a lot. He's been in the last three Super Bowls, if I'm correct. The Falcons, the Eagles, and the Rams. Because the Broncos and the um, Panthers were in Super Bowl 50. And, and like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, it's not fair. The Patriots don't play fair. Like, Brady's 41 now I believe maybe even 40 going at least going on 42 and for someone to sit there and be like oh Tom Brady cheats yeah you can, you can say that the flake gate and uh, spy gate all those things have come out about the Patriots over the years the bottom bottom not even the bottom the, the thing is with the Patriots They just continue to rebound every single year. 
Now, while I like to contribute a ton of that credit to the sweatshirt, Bill Belichick, and there's no way you can take that away from him, a ton of that goes to having a quarterback who just won't die. Examples of quarterbacks who just won't die. Terry Bradshaw is one that comes to mind. In the 70s, he won four Super Bowls. And the Steelers didn't lose any in the 70s either. But constantly throughout his tenure as the Steelers hit quarterback, he was constantly under fire for being their quarterback. And some say, well, not even some say, there. I mean, I've read stuff where it said that they were not management or coaching, but fans, that's who I'm trying to get to, wanted to get rid of Bradshaw so bad especially in the years in between the Super Bowl, because they won two back-to-back. They won in 78, 79, and then they won two in the early 70s. And then everything else was kind of like him-haul, him-haul. You know, it wasn't like they were dominant throughout the decade. They were there a few times, but there was a lot of times where they just, they were, weren't living up to expectations, and they wanted to get rid of Brady. But in four different Super Bowls, Tom Brady, sorry, uh, Terry Bradshaw rose to the occasion and won, which was unheard of because I'm not going to look, but uh, other quarterbacks are like multiple Super Bowls. was like Bart Starr. Um, I think Stallback only won one because the Cowboys won like 77. I think that's when the Orange Crush, uh, the Broncos, went up against them. Uh, Stallback lost two to the Steelers. But aside from that, like, oh, and then, um, of course, the, the Dolphins, the 72 and 73 Dolphins. They had Bob Greasy, I believe, and I think Earl Morell was their backup quarterback. And, yes, I'm pulling this all out of my head. Yeah. Thank you. Go me. Uh, you know, it's – so it was unheard of for a quarterback to – run the table in a 10-year period essentially because they won the last one officially in 1980 because it's for the 79 season to win four Super Bowls so Terry Bradshaw despite all the criticism he faced always could just look at the final resume and be like one Super Bowl ring two Super Bowl three Super Bowl four Super Bowl you know he always had that option um then you get to the 80s, and one of my favorite quarterbacks, if not my favoriteest quarterback of all time, Joe Montana shows up in San Francisco. And Montana also went to four Super Bowls. But the thing with Montana was the 49ers were competing like every single season almost. Because let's run it down. So 1981 was a catch. Um... That's when they beat the Cowboys. I want to say an NFC uh, championship game to go into Super Bowl to face the Cincinnati Bengals. And Montana won that. Uh, the eight, 1980 Super Bowl was won by my Raiders. Big up to the Raiders. Um, led by uh, Tom Flores and uh, oh, I can't think of his name. The, the, oh, Jim Plunkett. There you go. So they, the Raiders snuck in in 80, won a championship. And I believe they were the first team to do it from the wild card position. So 81 comes, Montana wins. 82 rolls around, and the 49ers are still competing. But in 82, 
the Redskins ended up winning the championship. But I think that either the, the 49ers definitely made the playoffs, I believe. I don't know if the Redskins took them out on the way to the championship or if they just happened to run into another team and they lost to them. I'm not looking. Again, <clears throat> then 83 season rolls around. The Raiders um, win the Super Bowl for that season. And ironically enough, on my first birthday, in case you didn't know, January 22nd, 1984, they went in behind uh, the great running of a very young Marcus Allen and Jim Plunkett and Tom Flores against. So um, another Super Bowl win for my Raiders. That was their third and their, unfortunately, last Super Bowl win in my uh, since they've been a, a, a thing. 84 rolls around. I, I believe that was a year that Montana, not Montana, Dan Marino broke all the records and was crushing everything. Um, I went just sidebar back to 83. I Again, the Redskins went to the Super Bowl. They repeated as NFC champions, but then the Raiders um, took them out. So there was that. But again, I think the 49ers were competitive. 84 rolls around. Dan Marino breaks all these records, brings uh, the Duper Twins, um, the Marks Brothers, not the Duper Twins, the Marks Brothers, to the Super Bowl, and that was Mark Duper and Mark Claxton, maybe? Mark Clayton? Mark Clayton. I think it's Speedy Claxton. Brings them to the Super Bowl in 84 versus, oh, look who's back, Joe Montana and crew. And I want to say, Rice, okay, no, Jerry wasn't there yet. So the, the 49ers are back, and the 49ers proceed to wipe the floor with Dolphins. Okay. Two Super Bowl championships for Joe Montana. 85 comes along, and there was nothing other than the Chicago Bears in 85. Nothing stopped them. They had one loss. I think they finished 15-1. and one. Crushed everything ahead of them. Again, though, the 49ers were competitive. And I don't know if they met in the playoffs. But, uh, again, the 49ers were at least competitive. And that had a lot to do with Joe Montana. 86 rolls around. And this is when I'm, I'm for sure that I know 49ers were um, competitive. It has come back to my brain. 86 when the Giants finally broke through and won their first um, Super Bowl. And they ended up beating the, um, uh, the 86 Giants beat the, man, who did they beat? I'm trying to think. The 86 Giants beat somebody. <laughs> oh, was it? The Broncos? Was that the Broncos' first Super Bowl loss? Because the Broncos ended up losing. Yeah, it was the Broncos' first. So, yeah, they beat the Broncos in 86. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure the 49ers lost to the Giants in that time period. Then, you, let me run back to 85 real quick. The, Bear, the Bears beat the Patriots. That was the Patriots' first Super Bowl appearance. Um, then 87, the Broncos go back to the Super Bowl again. And this time they lose to the Redskins. And I believe the Redskins did dispatch the 49ers this year. So they're still competitive in the playoffs. Then you go on to uh, 88. Um, This is when the Bengals make the playoffs again. But then the 49ers break through to the Super Bowl again. And guess what? Joe Cool ain't losing in the Super Bowl. No way, no how. Southern 49ers won another Super Bowl, and I believe that was closer than the first Bengals win. That that was when they had to make that big comeback in the fourth quarter. That's when Rice and John Taylor caught all those footballs uh, to lead them to another Super Bowl victory in 88. 
Then 89 comes, and the 49, and this is after, I think, it wasn't Walsh, because Walsh retired in 88. Somebody said something about repeating. Maybe I'm mixing up Pat Riley and the Lakers with the 49ers. But then the 49ers go back in 89 and win another Super Bowl, and then proceed to uh, wax the floor with the Broncos again, because that's what happened to Broncos in the 80s when they weren't playing the Browns. And then, been in, and even in 1990, the Giants end up going again to the Super Bowl, and the 49ers lost there. And then in '91, and the Giants, of course, beat the Bills. In '91, the Bills and the Redskins ended up facing off for a title. But in '91, I think this is when Montana had his injuries, and I think that's when Steve Young started to take over. In '91, and then in '92, but in '91, I'm pretty sure the Giants had to go through. I'm sorry, the Redskins had to go through the 49ers. Maybe, maybe not. The Redskins had a really good year that year. And uh, 92 is, of course, when the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl again for the first time since the 70s. And they end up uh, wiping the floor of the Bills. The Cowboys did have to go through the 49ers in 92 for sure. That was an FC Championship game. And it was like a big anniversary kind of of they played on the same date as the catch game when they played in 1981. And and then, so Montana ends up winning four Super Bowls, four trips, four Super Bowls, just like Bradshaw. Ends up getting traded to the Chiefs, has productive years in Kansas City, but Kansas City can't break through to the Super Bowl again because the Bills are just kind of unstoppable. And I think Montana's out of the league by 94, I think, 94-95. But I, I don't think those Chiefs teams were ever bad. They just didn't break through, and I'm glad because I hate the Chiefs. Fuck the Chiefs, for the record, in case you weren't sure. So then you got Bradshaw with four titles, and then you got Montana with four titles. And then we get to the 90s. So I already mentioned some of the winners in the 90s. The Bills went to four Super Bowls in a row, which is incredible. Jim Kelly is one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks. Even though the Bills wiped the floor with the Raiders in 1990 in the AFC Championship game and cost them a trip to the Super Bowl, where they could have beat the Giants. I mean, the Raiders had a good squad, but that's that's I digress. But I digress. <sighs> um. So yeah, let, let's run down quarterbacks from the 90s. We got Jeff Hostetler filling in for Phil Simms in '90, Mark Rippon in '91, Troy Aikman in '92. 93. So back to back for Troy Aikman. Two visits, two wins. Good for him. So he's on the right track. Um, 94, the 49ers break back through with Steve Young this time. So Young gets his first Super Bowl championship as the starting quarterback because I think he was on at least the 89 squad, maybe the 88 squad. So he had multiple rings, but it was the first one that he actually won himself. So the 49ers have five titles, but one without Montana. And that's their last title. 96 comes and, or sorry, 95 comes. The Cowboys win again. 96 comes and who won the Super Bowl in 1996? I'm not looking. Uh, 96. 96. Who won the Super Bowl? The Packers won in 97. The Broncos won in 98 and 99. Elway finally got titles then. Brett Favre got his one title in 97. 2000 was when the Ravens broke through and broke Cleveland's hearts and the Giants' hearts. 2001 is when Brady came in. Damn, who won the Super Bowl title in 1996? 
Uh, oh, why am I drawing a big ass blank right here? Oh man, who was it? I'm going to think it was the NFC team. Favre's Packers went to one Super Bowl. Now that, that was '97, because they kept running into, and another 49ers kept getting beat by the Packers. Was the problem why they never made it back? Oh man, who won the Super Bowl '96? It's right there in front of me. Oh, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. Podcasting 101. <sighs> and this is what you're here for, ladies and gentlemen. 1996 Super Bowl. That was. Okay, no, that's not what I want. I want 31, technically. Because they're like, oh, the 1996 Super Bowl was the, uh, was the, whatchamacallit. Alright, y'all pissing me off. <laughs> okay. Alright, so 96 was the Packers then. Because they played 97 one then, okay. Nine, okay, so 96 is the Packers. 97 was... 97... Okay, for... Uh, okay. Alright, this is making sense now. Alright, my bad. 96 was the Packers. 97 was the Broncos. 98 was the Broncos. 99 was the beginning of the greatest um, show on turf, which is the Rams. 2000 was the Ravens. Okay. So, going into the 2000s, you had two quarterbacks who had won four Super Bowls, four trips, four wins. You had a few who had won two, like Troy Aikman and and and, and, um, and your boy John Elway, who is running the Broncos back into the ground. Thank you, John Elway. <sighs> but there was nobody... Who it was always Montana Bradshaw, you know, if not as in greatest quarterbacks, because then you want to throw in your Marinos. You could say Jim Kelly, uh, your Warren Moons for a few seasons was there. Randall Cunningham is one of my favorite uh, quarterbacks of all time. There's a Fran Tarkenton is in the conversation as greatest quarterbacks of all time. Favre, there's a lot of great quarterbacks, but not all the quarter great quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. I mean, Marino only made it to one Super Bowl and broke like every record there was to have. Drew Brees has been the one Super Bowl and has broken every record that um, that there is. Peyton Manning went to three Super Bowls and barely managed to win two if it hadn't been for the pa- Panthers just coming in like with their heads up their asses and him, the defense, being so good. Eli Manning, two visits, two championships. But for one man to be at the helm for... 18 seasons and only have one major injury by the way it's an incredible feat and I know there's some out there that will be like he's the goat he's definitely a goat as hard as it is for me to say it I've always put Montana ahead of him I just love Montana man like the thing is with Brady uh, Brady's led a lot of comebacks, obviously, like the Super Bowl and you know, against the Falcons being one of them. But when you think of of grace under fire, that would definitely be uh, Joe Montana for me. When you think of just willing your team to win 
and being surrounded with the best coach and the best players for what you're trying to do almost every single time you're in the Super Bowl, then that's Tom Brady. Some have even went as far to be like, he's the greatest of all time in any sport, which means then you're going against the Gretzkys and the LeBrons and the Michael Jordans. He does have six rings. But Mike never lost the finals. <laughs> if we want to go back to that argument, I know I made the argument for LeBron being better than Mike now, but which I constantly regret because I love Michael Jordan so much, but I don't have my, my opinion hadn't changed even after this trash Laker season. Um, you just got to give it up to him as one of the greats, man. It's insane that we do these things and give him that credit. But it is what it is. So, a very, very belated congratulations to Tom Brady and those damn New England Patriots for winning another Super Bowl. And for, just like has happened similarly with uh, other players that I've hated over the years, such as uh, Kobe Bryant, who I hated forever because he started, once Shaq left, he started uh, asserting his dominance and was challenging people's thoughts on whether he was better than Mike and I didn't like that and I hated on Kobe up until uh, probably about when he changed his number so I'd say the finals when he lost against the Celtics and then I was a Kobe fan for pretty much up until the end until I did a little deep dive on his rape case and then I'm very conflicted when it comes to Kobe Bryant and some people were like oh and this goes back to that thin line again so we're like Oh, Kobe Bryant did wonderful things on the court. He was an amazing, amazing um, sport player, <laughs> basketball player. Like, yeah, but Kobe raped a girl. And then the case got, the case, the charges got dropped because he paid the civil suitor. I, I don't remember exactly, but he paid that girl a lot of money. And the charges went away. And then life goes on. Everybody's like, oh, Kobe's amazing. Kobe has an Oscar. And I'm like, oh, Kobe fucked the girl without consent. Let's talk about that a little bit. That overshadows a lot for me with Kobe, man. And I, and I love Kobe's intensity on the court. And I love the way he played. And yeah, he was an asshole. But Mike was an asshole, too. I love the 81 points on my birthday in 2008. Or was it in 2006 when he did that? I love that. I, I love the one more than Shaq comment. The swag was just off the chain. I love the 60 points on 50 shots in his final game. But I have yet to rectify, be able to um, just separate that fact that he was also very aggressive with a girl in Colorado. And essentially got caught out there and almost went to jail and almost threw away his whole career for some pussy. So I have a problem with that. Then, of course, um, there was LeBron. I hated on LeBron for years. Made the comment about if LeBron um, would change his number, I would, um, I would start actually liking him. He actually did do that. <laughs> Um, but that was now we kind of see because I, I, I feel like I feel like he announced he would change his number the 2010 season before he left for Miami and then he got to Miami and of course Miami has infamously been the only team in the league besides the Bulls to retire Michael Jordan's number so 
I was, I mean, maybe the writing was on the wall there. I, I'm maybe I have to Google that later. It's like, did LeBron James change his number? Say he's gonna change his number because he knew he was going to Miami. Uh, um, see if that's a thing or not. I forget when he announced it. Because obviously he wore six in Miami. And he's worn 23 ever since. In Cle- when he came back to Cleveland, and now he does in Los Angeles. So. So I'm a hater, man. I'm a hater by nature. And I even said with Tom Brady, if he managed to go undefeated the whole regular season in 2007, I'd stop hating on him so much. And I did for a while. And honestly, my hate for Tom Brady hasn't hasn't been the same since then. But I should have said the whole season because the Giants took care of that. But then he would have figured out a way to win that championship and have seven rings possibly by now. To have that kind of success in the NFL over this Tom spam is just an incredible, incredible feat. Like, there's no way, no doubt about it. And you just got to give him his props. Nine Super Bowls in 18 seasons, six wins. It'll probably never be done again. When Brady finally bows out, it, it'll be, it'll never be replicated by a player. Now, whether Belichick has a few more years in him, because I feel like one of Belichick's things is he's going to want to try to win without Tom Brady. We'll see what he finishes with. Because I'm fairly certain he's the has the most Super Bowl wins for a coach. Um, I don't think anybody else comes close. Because Bill Walsh only had three. Uh, Jimmy Johnson only had two with the Cowboys. Marv Levy lost four. Poor Marv Levy. I don't remember who was the... Broncos coach, but that's only two. Um, what's his face from the Giants? He only has two. The dude who uh, got pushed out a few years ago by them, and now he's in Jack Coughlin. So there's still more work to be done. For sure. But yeah. Damn you, Tom Brady. Let's take one last break. It's like sound advice or whatever. It's like comics, conventions, and cosplay or whatever. It's like ladies' night or whatever. It's like wrestling or whatever. It's like parenting or whatever. It's like anime or whatever. It's like spiritual warfare. Or whatever. It's like great friends, awesome people coming around doing what we do best. Or whatever. You should watch, listen, and follow. Or whatever. It's like a podcast or whatever. Alright, so this has been Hyphenation 87. That's right, 87. I am not on track for my goal of hitting the episode of 52 episodes this year, but you never know what could happen, man. Magical, more magical things have happened. Um, I am your host, Kellen Conley. This show has been brought to you by Hyphen Nation. Whoops. Hyphen Nation is the name of the show. By the Hyphen Podcast Group. You can uh, go to Hyphen Podcast Group at hyphenpodcastgroup.com. Listen to all the great shows that's provided there. Bringing great podcasts to the people is our motto, and that is what we do. So you can check us out there. 
put all of my episodes up on hyphenuniverse.com. That's my personal website where I mostly do a lot of writing about various topics. I just did this one piece about video games, about my favorite video game that I absolutely love, NCAA Football 2004. So you can find it on there. If you go to any podcast place, you can go to Apple Podcasts, type in hyphenation, ta-da. Go to Google Podcasts, type in hyphenation, ta-da. Spotify, ta-da. Stitcher, ta-da. Radio Public, of course, is an unofficial sponsor of this show, even though I can't listen to the Secret Life of Weddings podcast that I've been checking out on here currently. That's a a bother. Um, He brought up the wrong show. That was just weird. So that was a thing. Uh, what else? Anywhere podcasts are sold, you can get hyphenation. And before I forget, let me knock out a couple of these uh, recommendations. Um, there's a Bill Simmons podcast with Jay Williams. It was from a while back. I don't know if Jay's been on since then, but he had Jay Williams on, and they just talked a lot about uh, a little bit about his Duke days. Of course, Jay Williams is a um, analysis analysis analyst for ESPN now. Uh, does a lot of their broadcasts um, for college basketball. And I think he might touch the NBA a little bit. But he actually got drafted by the Bulls in 2002 and ended up getting in a motorcycle accident, which derailed his career, similar to Bobby Hurley. Except I believe Bobby Hurley was in a car. Uh, Tried to make a comeback, didn't work out. But it's a really insightful conversation. So I highly recommend that you check out that Bill Simmons podcast with Jay Williams. I've said it before and I'll say it again Spider-Man PS4 is incredible absolutely love every moment of it from start to finish it's a great story I'm not spoiling anything the DLC is fire I'm on the very last DLC in the city that never sleeps there's so many different suits you can wear there's so much to do like even if you finish the complete game which I did and was just swinging around after I found all the secret photo locations there is still random crime for you to stop. So you can at least still be fighting throughout the game. I mean, it's not the same as taking on uh, the Sable Soldiers or um, the Demons or the Kingpin Thugs, but it's still fun to do. Um, There's not a moment in this game where you don't have fun, and the picture mode itself is incredible. So you can spend an an hour just taking pictures of yourself as Spider-Man throughout the city. If you got a PS4, what are you waiting for? Get Spider-Man, please. I can't wait to see what they do with the sequel. And then the last thing I'm going to say for recommendations on this one, I know I briefly mentioned it before, but uh, Serial Season 3 came to complete its completion a few months ago. Uh, what they did is they spent time in the Cleveland justice system, in the courthouses, essentially, and they just... Uh, they covered all kinds of different cases. It was a welcome change from that Bergdahl um, that they started out with, uh, season that they did season two about. And Bo Bergdahl was a, was a, I thought it was interesting. A lot of fans completely hated it because they wanted to talk about more about Odd Nine from season one. I recently finally went back and listened to season one over the past year. And while it's very good and I see why Serial got so much praise, Adnan did that shit. Don't let anybody fool you. He killed Hay. And there's actually a show on HBO that just came out, maybe just finished, a little docu-series about um, the Adnan Syed story and everything. I don't know how they're painting it, um, but 
in all honesty, don't feed into the hype that he's innocent. It just doesn't make any sense. There, there would have to be a, um, a grassy knoll shooter, essentially. And there isn't any that can be found. So forget all that noise. It's irrelevant. Those are my recommendations for today. If you go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com, go to the Hyphen Nation page, which can be found under the show's link. Um, you will see an RSS feed. You can take that RSS feed, put it into your favorite podcast listening device, turn that bitch sideways, and you can get all 87 episodes of Fire! Chill. Just like that. And you'll never miss an episode of Hyphen Nation, that's for sure. Um, please comment, rate, subscribe, all those things. Share the links. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Speaking of your mom, make sure that you hug your mom when you see her. Shake your dad's hand. Uh, dap up your brother and slap your sister. <laughs> or slap your brother and dap up your sister. Main thing is make sure you tell the people in your life who matter to you how much they mean to you. Because um, you never know when it's their time to go or your time to go. Make every moment matter. And off of that, I say... Take it one step further, reach out to a friend, email a friend, send a friend a DM and just say what's up. You know, you never know what people are going through and every little bit counts. Um, have genuine interactions with people. It goes a lot further, does a lot more for people than you may realize. So always try to do that. The power of positivity is real. That's what I say. Look at Kofi Kingston. And ironically enough, episode 88 is going to touch on Kofi Kingston and a lot of WrestleMania things. Because I had a couple guests on with me. So you'll enjoy that for shoresies. And yeah, I just said for shoresies. I don't care. Uh, With all that said, my words of wisdom for today. Get out and enjoy the weather. It's still a little chilly here in Morgantown. But sun's out. It's starting to warm up. Spring is in the air. Just get outside and and just inhale, exhale. Or like Jane the Virgin said last night on the debut episode of the last season, Jane the Virgin. She said, exhala, inhala, exhala. She kept saying it because it was a whole convoluted mess with a plot line. I'm not going to spoil for all you diehard Jane the Virgin fans out there. I'm not a diehard angel is, but I, I have watched a few episodes and Rogelio continues to be my dude. Just saying. Yeah, just inhale, exhale, man. Nothing a deep breath won't fix. That's what my dad would say. Apologies to Markel Faults, because you're still trash. Last I checked, and you got traded. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate each and every one of y'all take time to listen to the Hyphen Nation podcast, the world's greatest podcast, the Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast. And until the next time... Thanks, y'all.